So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops.
Welcome to the 322nd episode of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that's definitely reinvigorated after taking a trip back to the place where he once became of origin and visiting his family and friends and loved ones. And those are not separated in such a way as to say that family and friends are not loved ones. But a man who is not short of family, friends, or loved ones or places to visit is Michael Holzman! Uh, I plan on pledging Phi Delta fuck up. <laughs> all right. If we're going to do the fraternity jokes, let's just go all in. All right. All right. I mean, it's, I mean, wor- it's worth it for the movie, right? I guess the uh, only thing to say is, like, well, I guess, do you do a play in all the fraternity and sorority names? No, probably that, not. That's what those I was thinking. Because I was saying, really? I was, I was going to say, yeah. Delta, Delta, Delta. How can I help you, help you, help you? Well, I was going to say, I ate a pie is obviously the place where I need to fucking Yeah, pledge. I ate a pie. The, the, the tri-delts, the Delta, Delta, Deltas have fortunately had the worst go of it uh, because they don't answer the phone like that. You're not even supposed to, apparently, uh, as one girl in the sorority told me when I was in college uh, that they couldn't answer the phone like that. And then they got saddled with Tridelt, who hasn't. Oh, God, that's a bad one. That is a real bad one. <laughs> All right. These are starting to reveal the uh, main oh, issue. the misogyny I- in yeah. the Greek system? Yeah. Really? You fucking think? The you fraternity think? system seems to be extremely misogynistic. The Greek the Greek system, the Greek, just, just say the Greek system, because even the sororities, it's, it's fucking horrendous. Like, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Okay, it's bad. So, so the it's Greeks, bad okay. shit out there. All right. But I, I was in the Greek system. All right. Let me, so let me, let know. me back up here a minute. Let me back up here a minute. All right. So my complete knowledge of fraternities when it comes to colleges mm. is essentially like only what I've seen in film. And then some of the stories that you have told me. And the reasons yeah. for that is all the schools that I went to were either trade or like I did an online courses for when I went to college as a yeah. grown ass adult. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's never really been my purview and it's never really been my world that I wanted to learn anything about. And let me just tell you something, Matt, the more I learn of that world, the less I fucking like it. So is the Greek system just like a term that lumps them both together and that's like the widely accepted thing is to call it the Greek system? Well, it's the Greek system because, I mean, of course, all the names of all of them use Greek letters. Um, and it's the and it's and just the way it is. This is the Greek system. Right. It's, okay. That is exactly what it's called. That's its official fucking name. Uh, hope everyone has themselves a, a fantastic day. Um, so, <laughs> all right. That works for me. So let's let's just yeah, put the okay, entire misogyny yes, in the is, Greek system because, yes, yeah. the sororities perpetuate that as well. So and it is in the Greek system. Yes, sororities and they perpetuate um, – they can, I should say can, not, they don't all do this. I, I don't paint with a lot of broad strokes. Um, I do. The whole system yeah, is geared do. towards misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> if those of you are fighting um, against misogyny that are still in the Greek system, then you are fighting an uphill battle that you are going to lose because the entire system is built upon it. Just like if you are trying to change the United States government, there is no way, shape, or form you are going to remove the racism because it is built now, on it. And what we, we have to also say this is, there are some fraternities and sororities. I, I, I'm not so sure about sororities. I'm sure there are a lot of fraternities that are fraternities on specialty things. They're almost like um, just school groups, but they got lumped in with the fraternal Greek order. And these are like their fraternities are just for like math specialists. And that's all that is. And they don't do the partying. They don't do the 
you know, the hazing. They don't do any of the stuff that you think a fraternity does. Even though they are a fraternity, they're not like that. They literally, like, I know of a fraternity that was was literally a mathematical fraternity. For math majors only, you had to be a math major. Your life was supposed to be something within mathematics. It was, it, it was just for them to hang out, have a group where they could study with each other because their classes were specifically probably a lot harder. That kind of if thing. I retract my former statement, can we stop? Because I'm dying of boredom here, and I'm sure our audience yeah, is too. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But yes, the fraternal order is fucking, for the most part, fucking horrible. And it was <laughs> when I was a kid, and uh, there are times where I'm not all that pleased. Because it's not like I even talk to anybody anymore who I went to college with. Uh, half, for some reason, unexpectedly became Trump supporters, and half just disappeared into the ether. So, there you go. Well, I would say that my little dip into my past recently was extremely pleasant, and uh, this vacation was also sneaky personal growth time for court. So, Whoa. yeah, yeah, I, I worked on some shit while I was on this vacation, and just everybody out there that's been, you know, listening to me and my struggle, it went really well, everyone, really well. That's well, good, though. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was it was an amazing trip, and uh, I actually got to enjoy people's company for like the first time in a long time. And shut that's the, not on just the front door. It's not on any of them. It's all on me, like for not yeah. being able to before, as far as I'm concerned at this point. So uh, let me just tell everyone out there, uh, letting go of some anger uh, about shit, uh, it really helps, whether you feel it was justified to let it go or not. Yeah, you know, that's a, what a lot of people always say is uh, the anger when you hold on to it really only hurts you. It doesn't hurt the person you're angry at, really. At a certain point, it no longer nourishes yeah. you and keeps you going. What it does is starts eating from you and yes. you need to recognize when that is and, and then cut it out of your life. And I did. And it was a beautiful fucking trip. And uh, the movie we are talking about this week is Rush Week, <laughs> which is why we were going into the long Really protracted discussion of the Greek system. Is that correct, Matt? Greek system. Yes. Is that still okay? The Greek, the Greek system. This is this is yes, facts. The heavily misogynistic and often disgusting Greek system that is in the American college system. You are yeah okay. I mean, I I, I would try to argue any part of that, and I really can't. So Rush Week is from 1989, and what it does is try to say, what if Animal House had a slasher in it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the review, right? We're done here. We can pack it in. Yeah, we're we're done. Okay. Um, cool. All right. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. There's no fucking way we can only do like five to ten minutes of show with like intro no. and stuff, and then just do that short review. They're going to be really. And I even fucking have pissed. six clips that I did. So fuck, we got to do this. <laughs> yeah, you took the fucking. Okay, fine. Here's the fucking promo. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. 
For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Just be fucking cool. That was actually taken right out of the movie. That is a band that I think might be Ginger is the name of it. And I, th- it's there's somebody that goes by Fred Astaire the Third that apparently wrote these these songs for this band called Ginger. And I think that might be one of them, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So if you out there know who the fuck this band is and all of that, then let me know. Hey jerks, how about you just be cool? <laughs> I think everybody's gonna be cool about it. It's whether or not the no butts. No reason scrubbing. not to be fucking cool. I mean, it's be cool, or you could be a fucking narc and talk to the fucking dean, assholes. Well. It's clearly audio from the movie that we are reviewing, and I think that gives us a little bit of leeway. I'm not sure, but I mean, either way, here's the fucking trailer. The school newspaper assigns her the perfect story. Welcome to Rush Week! Rush Week begins with a traditional reception at each house. At BDB, it ends with... But instead, she uncovers a dark and sordid secret about three Tambors College women... My roommate, Julie McGuffin, she's missing. And the closer she gets to unraveling the mystery. She was letting some guy take her picture in the science building in room 302. The more dangerous her story becomes. I'm sorry to disappoint you. There's no murderer on her campus. Did she say where she was going? Said she was meeting someone in the science building. Rush Week. A picture-perfect college with a perfectly terrifying secret. Oh, man. I'm almost excited to talk about this film now. That trailer actually kind of got me going. It's October, man. A good slasher film. That's what this month's made for. Well, and Um, also the film has a costume party that should be a pretty much a Halloween party at the end is what they're setting up. And that's kind of what I was hoping for when I picked it for this month. First 20 minutes, rush week. Get a couple ladies walking around campus. One, uh, our main heroine her name's tony uh she is a journalist major and she keeps telling the editor of the school paper she wants a story but he keeps saying that she has to find the story well they split up and her friend goes to the party at the bdb house did you recognize the uh faculty advisor guy that is her editor that had the long hair and stuff i did not that's greg fucking almond dude is that greg almond that's Greg Allman. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, then. Okay, so the producers hired Greg Allman. Apparently, they were trying to get some, like, rock star cred going on. And so uh-huh. they also were trying to bring in some rock and roll and all of that stuff. Because when you ask yourself the question, what if Animal House had a slasher? You pretty much also have to answer with, then we need our own Gladys Knight and the Pips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they also put in other bands. And they thought that, like, and having they- Greg Allman in the film would help them attract bands. So anyway, uh, yeah, BDB, apparently they are the... They're, they're the party house, um, and they're having inside. There's a huge party, and it's 
it's it's Rush Week, and one dude has an axe, and apparently that's like their chapter axe. It's very important. Uh, and they state that the pledges they have to bring lots of ladies into the house this week because that's 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 their rush challenge. Uh, the president kind of walks away. He. Tells him he's not really feeling it today. Uh, he's just not really into it, and he's getting the fuck out of there. Uh, well, we see another girl walking on campus. She seems kind of jumpy, and uh, well, we see she goes into the science building, and she starts doing some risque pics with what's supposed to be a, a, a corpse. Um, did you recognize really... the first lady who was dressed up like a nurse doing those photographs? I did not. Her name is uh, Kathleen Kinmont. She was in like Renegade oh. <laughs> with Lorenzo, Lorenzo Lamas, but more importantly, she was in Halloween 4 for a lot of our uh, more uh, um, audience well, that likes the more well known Because, you know, Halloween movies are just going to be all over the place. Right. So. And then also uh, my personal favorite role of hers in Bride of Reanimator, she was the titular character. And uh, I did. the bride of reanimator right and she also had her tits out uh, well of course uh, I mean, that's 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 how it, yeah i mean she almost had him out here too so i mean i'm not complaining at all she looks gorgeous and it wasn't really a corpse uh it's just yeah. supposed to be heavily implied because apparently yeah. that's what his client likes Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, the photographer's a real asshole. So the guy's kind of a real dick about it, and but he pays her. On the money, there's like a little red axe. So, um... Uh, okay, I just... We that, gotta... We gotta that just, should be important. We just gotta come uh, right out and acknowledge it. The um, photographer is talking down to her. He's being yeah. very derogatory and misogynistic oh, yeah. towards her. And for being in a room in an isolated building, mostly naked by yourself with this gentleman, not doing a very good job of making his subject comfortable, yeah. right? Like, you can be a photographer of this nature and not be a sleazy asshole. And oh, I, I, yeah, I'm t- I was just saying this guy's being a sleazy asshole. Right. I mean, you kind of have to be somewhat sleazy, but you don't have to be an asshole is what I'm saying. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, you got to like a little sleaze in your life, but you can be a nice person. Right. I mean, like, be polite, you know? You'll get yeah. better photos from your model if you make- be way more. They'll be way more into it. Yeah, if you make- them smile and if you make them laugh if you make them feel comfortable your photos are going to turn out so much better and maybe kind of ease them into it when you're trying to get them to pose with the corpse clip (laughs) all i'm saying (laughs) yeah i mean you're not wrong uh you're saying things that are factual what i'm saying Um, is when i try to start up my photography career i'm going to be kind and gentle when i ask you to pose with a corpse yeah you'll be nice about it you'll be like hey you'll be like you'll 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 be sleazy but you'll be nice about it. you'll be like listen i know i'm a creep but here but you know i'm i'm going to be nice <laughs> right and i'm also going to be upfront about it too i'm going to yeah. tell you what you're going to be posing with before we do it and then if you choose not to do it then we just don't even get started that's you know what i think that's the only responsible way to do that <laughs> right okay so my photography career will be much better and i will make my models much more comfortable and i feel morally uh, above this gentleman to say that he is a fucking total well, yeah, piece I, of shit he is he and he definitely is a total piece of shit so okay. yes and you morally can say that um he he really is like the guy who plays this character does an amazing job and makes oh, you really fucking great hate job. him you yeah. really do not like this guy yeah and um, he makes you uncomfortable the entire time he's on screen and we have to acknowledge it because it's like the entirety of the performance and we won't ever have to talk about it again yeah exactly uh just uh dude's creep the end then uh afterwards she's getting dressed she's alone uh somebody's in the back and she's like hey i'm you know you're not supposed to be here and she's not working anymore all that kind of stuff and uh 
Then we see it's a hooded figure with an axe. It's strange. It looks like the axe that the fraternity guys were using. And uh, she's murdered. Uh, swing of the axe and she is killed. Rather violently, but also mostly bloodlessly. Yes. Yes, not not a huge amount of blood until we get into some of the end times. Oh, okay, uh, let's uh, let's also just um, back up and state: 1989 is the year this was released. This is at the end of the slasher cycle, and this was kind of supposed to be sold as like a slasher film. But when you're releasing a slasher film in 1989 and you make it relatively bloodless, you kind of just have a murder mystery on your hands at a fraternity, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it it becomes a lot like Scream. Okay, I'm you know I mean? I'm glad you said that because i felt the comparison to it uh mostly yeah. because our main actress looks so much like rose mcgowan it creeped me out yeah right like, particularly how rose mcgowan looked in scream so it freaked me out like a lot i me too and it right before i watched this uh the, like the day before the wife and i watched scream and then we also watched the trailer for the new scream that'll be coming out so it's uh yeah. So yeah, I, I that's we're immediately we're like by now, even after that first murder, I'm like, I mean, there's more blood and stuff in Scream, but I'm getting more of a Scream vibe than I am a slasher guy uh, uh, vibe. So I, I'm gonna say that this was kind of like a proto Scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree because it's also a whodunit. You know, it's uh, it's not like some other traditional slashers where you know who the killer is. It's, it's also know, heavily referential. Like we're gonna get into that, but like not yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. So, uh, anyway, uh, we cut to the next day, uh, it's lunchtime in the cafeteria, and hey, the cook suspiciously looks like the outline of the dude taking the pictures, just saying. Uh, I would, uh, say that it is pretty much a direct imprint match. Yeah, yeah, this guy is definitely, they're not coming out and saying it, but this guy's definitely the guy taking the pictures. Plus, I mean, just the way he's dressed in the kitchen, you're getting some seriously, like, creepy cook from sleepaway camp one vibes from him like he's looking oh, at, yeah he's looking at everything there leeringly in a way yeah, that's really uncomfortable all the ladies yeah he's he's pretty fucking gross folks um yeah it's awful yeah it's just god fucking gross this actor does such an amazing job i hope you are yeah, nothing really, like this character in real life my man kudos to him man uh he uh he sold around for this role, man. We all think he's a fucking creep right now. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with him, and I'm not even his type. Yes, well, uh, we cut to our Tony, our generous lady. She's outside enjoying a lunch with another fraternity guy, and that is our first clip. So, you want to cover our opening night reception for the Tornado Watch. Well, you couldn't have made a finer choice than the GAE house. We represent... Oh, it's you. It's Gamma Alpha Epsilon Jacobs. Enjoying the spaghetti? Just call me Jeff. And Harv, we paid our debt to society. Beta's clean house, so to speak. <laughs> Ten bucks says you guys don't go the semester without getting kicked off campus again. Ooh. Now, if you don't mind, I'm rather busy. Thought you guys were a class act, huh? So how about a little courtesy? Jeffrey Jacobs, president of BDB. May I present to you Ms. Tony Daniels, unaffiliated. And unattached. I doubt that's any of your business. Touche. If you'll excuse me, tonight at 7 then? GAE, that's the place I'll be. All right. It sounds like you clipped it out of your clip. I definitely clipped it out. Okay. Because it was derogatory, used in a derogatory sense. To let you guys know, 
for lack of a better way, I guess I could have kept it in, but I'd rather explain it. Uh, when they come up, the fraternity guy who she's talking to is from fraternity, where the letters are G-A-E, as you heard. They use it in a homophobic way of how you would, could pronounce that. Uh, um, I wasn't going to include it because I didn't like it. Yeah, um, it's a joke that has not aged well at all. No. But um, I will say this for at least 1989, the way that they do it doesn't necessarily imply derogatory as in they talk down they just imply that the entirety of the fraternity would be possibly with that and that is like the negative connotation but nobody acts disgusted it's just kind of like how the 2000s jokes were yeah. where they would make gay jokes like that and like pretend like it wasn't homophobic yeah we're not homophobic man we don't care if you're gay or not we're just making a joke that's yeah that, yeah that 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 the despite kind of the fact that you're fueling homophobic rhetoric right and a lot of us had fallen victim to thinking that at the time was actually funny and i've already blamed kevin smith for a lot of that because i think he kind of shot into the forefront and uh as as early as late as Shaun of the Dead had a joke like that. Yeah. Jokes like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's uncomfortable. And uh, so there's going to be some other stuff like that. But again, when it comes up. I didn't keep it in the clips. If if it was, I think this is the only clip I had to edit for that. Okay. So none of my other clips had any of that kind of stuff in it. Right. But there is a vein of humor that's like that in the film. So if uh, something like that were to be a problem with you and you haven't watched it, you're just listening to the review, you may want to skip it because it could possibly be too much. But then again, where they go with the stuff from here um, is like a supposed prank. And we'll get into it when we get into it. Yeah. In a sense, and I will also say this, in a sense, anybody who can get triggered by homophobic comments, anything prior, probably about 2010 you might want to be careful of you know i'm just saying depending on the movie and definitely anything in the 80s is going and it is going to be horrific for you yeah that's fair okay let's move on all right let's move on soapbox we're done Get out of here. <laughs> um so anyway as the dude's eating he actually finds a finger in his spaghetti and the entire place reminds me less of college and more of a high school as they all start laughing at him because he found a severed finger that's fucking hilarious you guys are fucking killing it out there so yeah um, a severed finger in somebody's food is uh never funny i'm gonna tell you these assholes probably think carrot top was a genius (laughs) especially parker because he already has the hair for it yeah exactly yeah well uh so then the bdb press he creeps on tony um trying to talk to her then proceeds to mansplain her own fucking major to her about how to be a journalist mansplains that he's going in for computer engineering uh and i'm uh, but you know which is something that's brand new for that point in time but yeah pretty much mansplains to her a journalism major how to be a journalist and fuck (laughs) that fucking rage inducing I love that that fucking sparked you because I wasn't paying attention to him close enough to realize that. Oh, yeah, dude. I was like, he's like, do you know a journalist needs to look at all sides of it? And I'm like, are you mansplaining journalism to a fucking journalist major? You fucking idiot. (laughs) Woo. Uh, Uh, I love how upset that makes you. That's awesome. I don't know, man. That fucking rubs me the wrong way. Um, He's the fucking fraternity president. Do you expect anything else from him? Uh, No, and I don't, but I still don't want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) You deserve better in your film. Yeah, I 
I never, it's not like I'm sitting here thinking, oh, you know, not Mr. Fraternity President. I thought he'd be different. Uh, treat the Greek system better. No, he, he's a fucking jackass. I, of course he's going to mansplain someone else's fucking major to them. Fucking horrendous. So anyway, uh, so then uh, later on in a medical class, um, this guy's bringing in an old, uh, older, not even like almost like a janitor or something, a custodian. Um, he is bringing in a body and he is creeping on a lot of the girls there. And some of the girls even make mention of it. Like, wow, that's fucking uncomfortable. Stop staring at us, please. Um, then, uh, the teacher gets ready to open up the, uh, the, the, the body bag to kind of show the students in this class, uh, what they're about to do. And, uh, the, it has a mask on and, uh, very much a live person pops up. He grabs the doctor and pops yeah. up with a mask on when he's still very much alive, but his mask is to look like a dead body. And he screams yeah. and the professor passes the fuck out. It's hilarious. Yes. He's like, Hey, this is what you get for fucking, you know, experimenting on parts or anything. And he has the, the BDB symbol written on his ass cheeks. And all he's and wearing he, is a jock strap and that mask. And everyone thinks it's fucking just hilarious. Of course. Except you know? until, did you notice that the one lady looked down the one, one of the, uh, one of the students looked down and, um, she noticed something was wrong with the professor and got super scared all of a sudden, like right before yeah, the yeah. cut. Did you notice yeah, that? She, no, I yeah, didn't. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like right before the cut. It's fucking hilarious. I don't know if that actress just improved it or if they kept rolling and she was like literally concerned because the guy didn't break character and was acting like he was still hurt for a sec. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. She looked like legitimately terrified. It was amazing. That's fucking hey, Why not? All right, cool. <laughs> it was a nice kappa. It was a nice little kappa for the scene, like just right there at the end, you know, like like all of a sudden she's like, oh shit, I think he's dead. <laughs> yeah, she's like, fuck, what'd you assholes do? <laughs> exactly. And they're like, plenty. Uh, so yeah, so I thought that was, uh, that was fucking okay. You're, that's their, these, this fraternity's particular brand of humor. Uh, so, so far, none of it is actually funny. No, it's all pretty just fucking dumb. Tony's uh, getting ready to interview the dean about Rush Week. That's apparently her story. And then a girl shows up and wants to report her roommate missing. Uh, the uh, Tony leaves the room so she can talk to the dean, but we see Tony's tape recorder is still in the room. Uh, after that, Tony does finally get her interview, and that is our next clip. Rush Week is a part of modern campus life, like it or not. It doesn't sound like you approve. <laughs> Miss Daniels, we are all born into this world, our minds a pristine vessel. But the human psyche is a very delicate mechanism, able to withstand only so much of society's negative influences. The college years are very important. It's a transitional period between the carefree years of childhood and the responsibilities of adulthood. Fraternities, sororities tend to accentuate the very worst, the most degrading influences. The BDB house is a perfect example. Their lifestyle is degenerate. Their fright night ceremony mocks the sanctity of death. It's my job as dean of students to eliminate young people's exposure to corruptive influences and guide them along the right path to productive futures. I see. Forgive me for rambling. It's a subject on which I have firm convictions. I can see that. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Is that your daughter? 
Yeah. She's very pretty. Does she go to school here? She did until a year ago. Uh, she was... She died. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Wait, you can't get in there right now. I will not tolerate this. I cannot teach under these conditions. You should never have let these animals back on campus. Beta, Delta, Beta. Of course. Who else? So, of course, that cuts that interview short. Well, Tony is later on working on her uh, on her story on her computer, and she gets a poem sent to her saying, "Roses are red, violets are blue." Whatever, who gives a shit? Uh, uh, it doesn't like, rhyme. The poem sucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything about everything just is fucking terrible about this poem. Imagine um, Mike Myers's poems in "So I Married an Axe Murderer" without the band and the beat. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Jane, get me off this crazy thing called love. Uh, after that, Tony listens to the tape and realizes she got the roommate, you know, reporting her, her, or the girl reporting her roommate missing. So she goes to tell the editor, who is in meditation with a topless lady. Um, okay. Um, the editor's like, yeah, you should probably stick to the, the Rush Week story. This sounds pretty sensitive. And he goes in, or, you know, you can ask the dean. But that's, uh, that's unfortunate, you know, but I'd stick to Rush Week is what he says. So, all right. Um. <laughs> Greg Allman, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Greg Allman. Yeah, stick to Rush Week. But, uh, yeah, some women's boobs and they're, they're, they're on their own accord, so. Thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. Now, that's a definite thank you movie. I've been I'd fucking up that. your flow so much I didn't want to thank the movie until you were ready. <laughs> so thank you movie. Very, um, very, very much so thank you movie because there's yeah, very that's... little nudity in this film that we can thank you for. True. True. Um. Anyway, later on outside, some teachers are talking and a bus full of BDB pledges pulls up and moons them. All right. Uh, and... uh, did you notice there was a fruit basket or two within the mooning? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, C80s, man. The fruit <laughs> baskets were everywhere. All right. Uh, sometimes. No one can moon without one. <laughs> sometimes better resolution is not your friend, my man. Especially yeah, a, when projected onto a 120 inch screen. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. definitely not your friend at that upconverted it's not, resolution. It's not. It's not. Doesn't doesn't help anybody out. Um, <laughs> it was not, uh, not nudity. I will thank the movie for. Although, if you are into looking at fruit baskets of the hairy variety, this sequence was for you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, people can be into that. Oh, no, um, they very much can. Uh, it's just that wasn't for me. And uh, I was, uh, that's not how I remembered the scene. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Well, uh, the president, while he snickers, then just kind of gets a faraway look. His second in command's like, hey, man, you gotta get your head in the game. This is a big week for them, apparently. And after that, that ends the first 20 minutes of this movie. All right, so this film is definitely asking that question again and again and again. What if Animal House but with Slasher? Yeah, right. And so far, only real one slasher. Right now, I've almost forgotten about the horror movie aspect. And I think it's just a wacky bunch of uh, college guys who, you know, want to assault people. That's, you know, but boys will be boys. Uh, okay. These guys are really, really into corpses, which has made them extremely unpopular with the Dean. Their pranks involve stealing cadavers, clipping fingers off of them, and then using said cadavers in other capacities to scare people. Uh Placing cadavers with pledges to pull pranks so that when they are brought out of the bag, they scare a fucking professor nearly to death. And every every spring, the trees, trees are, are filled, filled with, with underwear. Yeah. And every Halloween, the, the toilets, toilets explode. explode. <laughs> You're talking about Delta, sir. 
I know I'm talking about Delta, you twerp! Yes, Delta, Beta, Delta, DBD is in fact the Deltas. <laughs> yeah, the Deltas. Yes, so it's very, very clearly trying to push Animal House as like what these guys are, right? They're supposed to be the wacky, like, yeah. ne'er-do-well fraternity uh, with the heart of gold, right? Yeah, they're supposed to have a heart of gold. We haven't seen that heart of gold yet, but yeah, they're they're supposed to be. Like, yeah, it's like they're supposed to be like the big men on campus that like everybody loves them for some reason because of how weird and crazy yeah. they are. And they're not the they're not the normal fraternity like G A E, you know, the the stuck up fraternity. Which, they, they're the fun fraternity. They just want to have a good time. Right. It's the same fucking stuffed shirt fraternity that is from Animal House. They just couldn't afford a Kevin Bacon type, so we got the guy we got. Yeah. You know what's real funny? I haven't seen a single person of color yet. <laughs> well, that's pretty just much college saying. in the 80s, right? I guess, yeah. Just I, just I just want to put that out there, too. If you're into diversity in your movies... Mm. <laughs> 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 well, unless your scope of diversity is narrow shades of beige, you're pretty much not going to get it here. <laughs> it's like, wow, one's just paler than the other one. That's, that's about it. Different shades of whiteness. <laughs> Fifty shades of beige. The Rush Week movie. Fifty shades of different sort of paley colors. I don't know. Right, let's move Not on. even gray. Gray's even at least has a little bit more personality than this motherfuckers. That's why I keep saying beige. Let's move on. All right. All right. Um, so, all right. Uh, we start out uh, the next 20 then, right? All right. So, um... That uh, hippie lady who was topless with the editor, uh, she meets up with Tony and reminds her, it says that Cosmo, the editor, wants her to remember that she needs to pass the uh, story off to the, you know, make sure the dean agrees to it. And Dean says, has to wow. sign off. The dean has yeah, to sign, sign off. off. And she's like, "Oh, you're doing a story about Rush Week, though." And she's like, "Yeah." And she goes, "Oh, I've got some." She says she has some crazy Rush Week stories. She'll probably have even better ones after that night if she wants to hear them and tony's like yeah of course i want to i want to know everything about it so, so the film's telling us she's a hooker at this point which means that her uh fine or her student advisor there greg allman is hiring a hooker that's what they're implying right yeah 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 well we don't know that's technically that she's a hooker yet but yeah pretty much she why else would she be having crazy stories from the fraternity and then also be naked in that room with the guy? If she's a student, he's in a lot of trouble. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem like this college cares about a lot. <laughs> yeah, this is not exactly a uh, safe place for a woman to go to college. No, 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 no. Um, I don't think any college in the uh, 80s was a safe place for a girl to go to college. Um. That's fair. Let's so, keep going. Yeah. All right. Um. Anywho. Uh. So she's like, well, yeah, I, I definitely want to hear these stories. So she says, all right, you know, I'll come by, uh, tomorrow, and uh, you know, I'll regale you with all the things that are happening. So then Tony does go. She checks with the dean, wants to make this a story, but the dean says, listen, there, I, I would love to let you run with this. He goes, but there isn't a story. Um, he, uh, this is where I get some, uh, some pretty decent, uh, creep vibes from some pe folks here because he shows her classes, says she did the same thing last year, um, and shows her classes and says, see, 
uh, there are three incomplete classes. Uh, you know what? Those incompletes are two A's as well. So out of her five classes, the three incomplete, she also had two A's. That doesn't strike me as somebody who just runs away constantly. Well, he said you know, that if, she if did it once. Incompletes... Yeah, she yeah. said he but said But if you're going to get incompletes in three classes, you're not getting A's in the other two. <laughs> right, but him trying to make an excuse, I'm, it's yeah. basically... It... All right, they're trying to set something up here that will pay off later on. See, the bad guy knows how to use a computer, and we have multiple suspects. Whether yes. or not your red herring is the dean or not, they're trying to set up that the dean here may have been able to alter the record to make up an excuse and a lie maybe he is suspect and then yeah. the other guy uses computers and can get into her file while she's using it and insert a poem into it so maybe it's that you know the leader of this fraternity that has this weird fixation on corpses while also there's a guy taking photos of ladies with corpses for somebody yes. that's into axes and then there's axes in the fraternity and then we see the girl get killed with an axe all right is, are we getting this all summed up for everybody what's going yeah, on yeah, yeah is everyone gonna get it everyone got it who's gonna get it no the reason the reason that I'm bringing this up is because we've had so much fucking just fraternity bullshit that we yeah. have lost the thread of the horror. So I need to bring everybody back into focus and that you'll thank me later. Then we cut to the J.A.E. party. Pledge party. BDB crashes. Hey, and you know who's one of the guys crashing? It's the, uh, one of the members of BDB. He's the dude who uh, fucking got just slaughtered in uh, Friday the 13th uh, Part 5 uh, by the axe-wielding kid. Yeah, the dude with the chocolate bar who says, you know what, yeah. Vic, I really think you're out of line right before getting chopped into hamburger. Just right before getting fucking sliced and diced. Yes, he is in Rush Week. Yeah, yeah, as a BDB member, so, I mean, alright, rising up in the world, I don't know. It's another job, at least. <laughs> yeah, right, there you go. It's, that's the best way of looking at it. Um... All right, so uh, they're getting ready to show a pledge video. Uh, the the guys are all kind of, you know, I mean, BDB, of course, they're just being jackasses of the highest order. Um, they shouldn't even be there. And uh, But, you know, the, okay. the oh, okay. guys are doing a lot to fucking break them out of there. I'd be like, hey, fellas, time to get the fuck out. All right, we uh, we need to actually talk about what they're doing and just say that instead of saying that they're assholes, um, clearly you're uncomfortable. Oh, I'm so. gonna, no, I'm going to get into what they do. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm getting into it. All right. Uh, so. So anyway, it's time to show the video. Well, first thing they do is a couple of them go around meeting other pledges and act like homosexuals, that they are gay. Um, and so, and apparently, you know, to try to turn parents off of having their kids join. One kid, uh, he, he's actually into it, uh, but uh, his, his parents get all mad about it. So there's that. Then they go to watch the video. Really fucking uncomfortable. This really, is supposed really to be Really uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Really kind of not so fucking cool. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, It's supposed to be real funny. Um, it ain't that funny. Uh, you know what, though? It's almost like it could have been worse for 1989, but it's still pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Still is. Still real fucking bad. Like, I think in 1989, they thought they were being progressive and still humorous. Um, you know what? I, I wouldn't doubt that. I think you're you're exactly right. I think that's that's exactly what they thought they were being. They're like, hey, you know, we're... We we're accepting you know we're not calling them the most derogatory term you could call them which a lot of other movies use that terminology even in that time so they probably thought they were being fairly progressive on that 
I mean, as far as a fraternity prank goes, this definitely tracks. But like, yeah. if you're trying to make them the heroes of your film and they're doing this, uh, yeah, I'm just it. It. I think it. Okay, I was not really gonna talk about the first time I watched this, but uh, in this case, I'm gonna say it. Like, I mean, I watched this in the early 20 aughts, and it made me uncomfortable back then. That you oh, know, yeah. watching this with that that the humor that was in this, and it's something that I completely forgot about before I bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> to oh, be perfectly geez, yeah. honest. I I can see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. And now, um, now that I have the Blu-ray and uh, it exists in the film, I'm just going to acknowledge that it makes me uncomfortable and recognize that uh, I didn't make the film and this is the time frame that the film took place in and it could have done a lot worse. Uh, but I acknowledge that uh, you do not do this now at all, for sure. Yeah. No, this is not cool. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, okay, we we're yeah. Uh, uh, they then show video. And the president goes out and he smokes up his pipe and he's like, ha ha, this is going to get all the pledges. And halfway through the video, BDB cut it so that the, the, there's just a bunch of dudes showing their butts getting ready for penetration, for lack of a better word. Uh, in various um, outfits, some of them like they're cowboys and they're talking like cowboys. And yeah. essentially, um, the right cowboy is about to be gay sex, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. It's all bucking bronco bullshit things. So... All right. Well, there you go. They are playing this up for comedy. It's part of the prank that they're trying to do to drive home that GAE is yeah. slurring for uh, homo- homo- yeah, homophobically slurring. <laughs> yeah, and uh that's not uh what and and probably so they can get more BDB members. So, and preying <laughs> on different prejudices of kids parents yeah. and kids probably as well. Right. So, and the film also plays this up for humor for you that you're supposed to think this is hilarious and it's just multiple layers of just extremely uncomfortable and uh it, it's it's pretty rough, but at least it stops there, you know, once this prank is over, but the thing that's the worst for me personally and like I'm not I mean, I'm an ally, but I I don't know what what being in that community what what that, what it would feel like to watch this just as an ally i know what it feels like right and yeah watching the people just run out and they're laughing and and everything and like i get it they're laughing because it's a prank and everybody kind of gets that it's a prank but like some of the repulsion that's in the audience and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. i get it it's sex you don't want to see but like you don't have to be such a fucking child and like it's really played up and it's just really fucking uncomfortable to watch and i just wasn't really prepared for it this time around my man i really wasn't i, I wasn't yeah that that whole scene made me feel just real fucking bad yes i mean that's what people that you know who are different or whatever just not the same into the same thing as you what they had to go through in life who are just people just people you know you couldn't even go see a fucking movie without having their entire lifestyle called into question about right especially a film that is supposed to be such a good time you know yeah yeah just a slasher flick man it's all supposed to be and you have to have your, your lifestyle being told to you that it's gross you know so it's fucking bullshit brought down the show enough okay so <laughs> no it needs to be addressed and i'm glad it uh it bothered you as much as it bothered me because i was <laughs> i don't know i was really troubled with it i was yeah later on bdb the bdb press he talks to tony and unfortunately this morning start uh, really rooting for our heroine right now uh she thinks everything he's doing is totally cute and just the fucking bee's knees apparently so um fuck tony not a good luck sorry it's just not yeah why is she so into this guy what what has he done to no idea. charm her like she's she... mansplained <laughs> he's mansplained her major to her has <laughs> done plenty of homophobic pranks so 
I don't know. And she's charmed by this. Apparently. Fuck. Apparently. So, Jesus. <laughs> we still kind of have to root for Tony, folks. <laughs> I'm not saying I, what you're I saying is not hey, hey, valid, but. Hey, I don't have to do shit. <laughs> you do have to finish the review. Well, that I will do. I don't got to do shit, but finish this review and then die. <laughs> wow. We need you for the next one. You can't die. Oh, <laughs> oh true. <laughs> so um, anyway, Tony then leaves with the BDB crew and they head to the BDB. The party. She's dancing with the bre- Prez, and they're having a good time. And then she's like, "Okay, well, I gotta go." You know, early, early day, early day. And the Prez is like, "Oh, okay, I guess that's that's fine too." And uh, I'm sitting here like, "Fucking Tony, grow a fucking backbone or something." I don't know. This just fucking terrible. So we see second in command, bro. He's charging guys, charging them money that they can watch or do the real thing. Is how he's putting it and we're all sitting here going well what the hell is uh going on around here 10 bucks to watch to, yeah. 100 bucks to get yes and we see our uh our friend the hippie lady she's boning a guy while another pledged paid money to watch um well holy shit the guy so, she's boning paid 100 bucks the guy that's watching paid yeah, 10 bucks the 10, fraternity's yeah. up 110 i wonder how much of that she sees i hope she sees a lot of it um, so there's all that happening. Um, see here. We see, uh, that weird old dude from the class. He's actually watching. He's watching all this. Um, so he's like, uh, holy shit. You know, what's, what's going on here? Oh, I mean, he's not like, holy shit. He's fucking being a perv. Uh, just watching shit happen. If this film had more balls about making its humor go as far in one direction as it does the other, that guy should have probably been going after it while watching. Yeah. Probably, yeah. And so also anyway, the fraternity uh, guy who paid 10 bucks should have been also trying to get his 10 bucks worth, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Yeah. Well, she's getting ready to be done. She's having a cigarette, and the guy says, hey, I got one more guy. Um, Please. He's like, apparently he's a close friend of his, and he hasn't had it for a while. She's all right. So he brings it. They, they, she gets in. She goes, oh, you're cold. And if you can't see where this is going, they brought in the corpse. They brought in the corpse that they stole from the class earlier on. The thing um, that makes us the most uncomfortable is how much work she's trying to do no matter how cold he is but how tired and not paying attention she is because she just wants to get it over with so uh it really becomes uncomfortable really fast because it goes on for a while before she realizes why he's so cold yeah it's uh it's it's not good (laughs) it's uh it's horrific and uh she is obviously freaked and she runs out well the president walks up and says well, what's all that about and they're like oh you know we we gave her a surprise the, and he goes the body we were keeping it downstairs and then one other guy goes except for one finger that we put in that spaghetti and the president's like oh my god you fucking assholes and for once you kind of like all right maybe this guy's not a complete douche because he's like number one that's fucking stupid and he goes number two I'm going to have to go try to catch up to her before she actually tells the fucking cops. And none of the fraternity guys seem to realize they could be in major trouble for that. Um, and it makes me want to go into the fraternity house with a fucking flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, Just this burn is, it uh... down with everyone who's in there in there. We might lose like 50 kids, but I don't think it's going to be any big loss. <laughs> the necrophilia theme running through this film is very strong. It is, man. These uh, fraternity <laughs> really loves necrophilia, I guess. I Right. And someone is also paying for girls to pose next to corpses. 
yeah, this is uh, this is hefty. This is uh, this is shit that's happening. Um, right, like, and these same girls are ending up dead. So something the fucking weird is happening, and this fraternity seems really embroiled with it. Yes. What was well, it? Delta she... red herring delta. Yeah, delta red herring delta. Exactly. Well, we see her. She's out running. Uh, and then we see the axe man and the robes and the axe. He's he's stalking her. Uh, well, he finds her, and uh, yeah, he kills her. Uh, so. Fuck you, movie. She she seemed nice. Um, don't know why you have to be like that. Yeah, this just got real mean spirited real fast after all that yeah. happened to her, the terror that just happened, and then she's stalked by a guy that wears a mask that looks pretty much like the corpse that she was just forced to molest. Yeah, I guess for lack of a better term, like uh, thinking that it was going to be her final client for the night and running in fear and high heels and like just a thong, and then that like suit coat thing. This was horrifying. And like it, I mean, if they're trying to terrify me, feeling horrible for this girl, it definitely works. But like, yeah, I'm still, I'm still enraged by this fraternity, and I'm like wondering if, in fact, these guys are supposed to be the good guys, or is this whole entire fraternity murdering women for pledge week, and that's how you get in? Oh, that you know, that's, that's what I actually a good thought as well. That's at <laughs> this point in the film, like for the first time that you had watched it, that has where my thought process goes. Yeah, was that somehow this is like part of the fraternity thing it's like part of their ritual for bringing in new pledges you know that there there's some kind of weird sick twisted murder thing going on with this fraternity i think that's what they were hinting at but yeah, that's why i said they're delta red herring delta delta red herring delta we see tony is typing up her story at her desk and then she gets a message that says on her computer drop it or else that's obviously not good okay um, what i was hinting at earlier where they were pointing at people that know how to use the computer that could possibly be the person killing uh yeah now they are threatening her through the same system, and now we have to wonder which one of these people did it. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. So, all through all this shit, uh, then we cut to, it's the next day's the cycle races between the fraternities. And, of course, BDB has to be an assholes, and they run motorbikes when it's supposed to be cycled. Um... The president's kind of standing there watching all this and BDB sees Tony, gets his really weird stare. Um, Tony then talks to the first victim's uh, roommate. Uh, We see that this lady had collected jade, which is very expensive. Uh, Then she, looking through the girl's room, finds a stash of money, all with that red axe on it. Did you notice the character who went missing first last name? Did you notice the last name of the character? I didn't notice it, no. MacGuffin. Do you know what a MacGuffin is? Uh Uh-uh. All right. A MacGuffin is essentially a plot device. So oh. what it is that propels the protagonist forward, like the hero of your story, the MacGuffin yeah. is whatever it is that makes them go do what they're going to do. So your first death that you show in the film being named MacGuffin is uh-huh. like a blaring fucking self-referential thing. And this is evidence part one that this is trying to be Scream. Hilarious. Yeah, there you go. It's going for the same thing that Scream did, but huh. several years earlier. Well, ain't that some? Um, so then uh, the the roommate explains that uh, this lady she would take pics for a guy, um, and actually it was all set up. By the hippie lady. So it's almost like the hippie lady was finding girls saying, hey, you should take pictures for money. Um, She probably got a commission or something to make them feel more comfortable. Tony asked her editor for the contact info uh, about for the hippie lady, but he is pretty useless. Uh, so she just breaks into his office and calls the service that she uh, worked for. And... uh, she finds out that she was doing work for BDB from the service. Uh, that night, someone puts an envelope in a locker and then takes a wad of money out, all with the axe symbol on it. Then we cut back to uh, Tony. Uh, 
she's checking out the science building uh, because she knows that's where so they would go to take pictures and finds blood splatter and collects some of it. We see the creepy guy opens up the door and they actually lock eyes, but then here he hears something and he leaves. Uh, she's leaving, but runs into the BDB press, and that's our next clip. Hey! Hi, you startled me. What were you doing in there? What were you doing out here, following me around? You know, you're not supposed to be in there at night. Was there a girl named Alma at your house last night? Yeah, why? <sighs> hey, she's just a hooker. I know that. The guy has hired her for prospective pledges. You jealous or what? When was the last time you saw her? Without getting into detail, she kind of made a quick exit last night. I went after her and she was gone. Now, you want to tell me what this is all about? She's missing. I'm a little confused. Last night you said there was a missing co-ed, right? That was the first one, a law student named Julie McGuffin. She's been missing two days. Well, I'm sure there's an explanation. Maybe. Alma was supposed to meet me at the Tornado Watch office this morning. She never showed up. Well, maybe some big spender hired her for the week. You know, I know it's not any of my business, but I wouldn't waste all my time on this story if I was you. You're right about one thing. Yeah, what? It's none of your business. Human blood. Very type 2, AB negative. All the terminals on campus are hooked up to a big central computer. I've been in every nook and cranny of the system. You mean you don't have to have a password? Uh-uh. You just have to know the back way in. Most programmers leave a back door into the programs they write. It's the way of getting in without knowing a password. Okay, what's the name? Julie McGuffin. What do you want to know? Blood type. Blood type? AB negative. AB negative. <laughs> anyway, I'm the only one who seems to think there's something weird going on. Well, from what you say, there could be something to it. What does Jeff think? Jeff? Oh, come on. Don't go coy on me. I saw you with him at the party the other night. Got the hots for him? Mm. I guess I thought he was interesting, but I ran into him last night, and he was so strained with me. Yeah, he's a real chameleon, all right. You should have seen him last year. He was a real party animal. But this year, I don't know. He's changed. He's with you one minute like the old Jeff, and then all of a sudden he's out in the middle of space. Why do you think that is? I don't know. He just seems so distant from everybody. Except Byron, that is. <laughs> and I think he really likes you. I gotta get to class. Thanks, Janelle. For what? For being my friend. <laughs> you nut. <laughs> Bye. Bye. To close this out, creepy lunch dudes watching girls getting their lunches. And that ends the 20 minutes. All right, so this film goes fucking intense real fast with a lot of stuff. Uh, essentially, homophobia and misogyny <laughs> in the yeah. second 20 minutes. And I would not blame you if you would not want to finish the film from that point. But uh, I, I honestly, it doesn't enhance the film. And you could excise a lot of that shit. You know, the whole like subplot of them pranking the other fraternity. You don't need any of that. I mean, like, especially if it's a fucking horror movie, like make up your mind. Which one are you making? Because to me right yeah, now, it right. feels like all your making is a fucking fraternity movie and that's it (laughs) yeah it feels like yeah you're you're uh i mean now we're starting to get into we're leaving the fraternity movie now after the whole bike race and debacle now can we talk about this can can we talk about this they've fucking attempted vehicular manslaughter 
or (laughs) vehicular homicide. They're running guys and bikes off the road intentionally with motorcycles. Like, that's not fucking funny. That's fucking felonous. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, it's it's a felony. There's not a thing this fraternity is pulling that is not actionable in a court of law. Like, like it's no wonder the fucking Dean hates them and we're supposed to feel bad for them and like them and think that this is charming and hilarious. What the fuck? You almost killed that son of a bitch on a bike. Look at you guys, you're so fucking, just, you fucking scamps. Yeah, I hate every single one of them. Yeah, <laughs> they're very easy to hate. They are not a likable bunch. At but all. But now, would 18-year-old like these guys? Would an 18-year-old in 1989? Would, would, no, would, yeah, would 18-year-old you at that time like these guys? Not even back then. Yeah, probably not me either. They're a bit much for even me. All right, let's move I on. Because I, I, I was going to say, the first time I watched Animal House, I can honestly say this. While I like the movie and I think it's classic, even I was like, oh, these guys go a bit far, don't they? <laughs> It's a little little bit much. That was the joke, that they were that fucking bad and they deserved what was happening to them. Yeah, exactly, right? All right, so we start the next 20 minutes. Uh, Say some ladies are in the shower. Um, uh, So there's there's some nudeness here. Uh, Thanks, movie. Yeah, I mean, the way that they're displaying it is it's supposed to be just this is the scene and this is where we are and this is what they're showing us. And the nudity is essentially neutral, therefore enjoyable. Yes. Um. One girl talking about studying, but another one says she can't. She has a date that night. Well, we cut to Tony. She's working, and she gets another message on her computer that states, Death purifies. Um, so What a weird thing f- to send to somebody. Right? It's like, that's that's weird. All right. I mean, ho- however you need to do that. Um, Could you be less vague, Mr. Serial Killer, who is threatening this poor girl? Yeah, right? Can, can you help us out? Because what are you doing? <laughs> Who are you doing around here? Who, who, who are you people? Um, so then uh, they uh, she her phone rings and then it hangs up. Well, she decides she's going to meet up with the president at a bar. And that is our next clip. I got this rose. Especially for you. Can I get a beer, please? I'm in it, honey. Thanks. Jeff, I need to talk to you about something. Look, about last night, I'm really sorry. I had a... Feel bad, day. It's not about last night. That phone call. I don't know how you can think I could send you all those weird messages. Somebody is. Well, it's not me. I wouldn't do something like that. Don't you blame me? <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. Good. Remember I told you about Julie? Yeah. She was letting some guy take her pictures in the science building in room 302. How do you know that? Her roommate told me. And I saw the $100 bills. They had this weird red mark on them, like a cross or something. And then I found a blood stain in room 302. A blood stain? Human blood, Jeff. Rebecca analyzed it. Type A, B negative. What kind of blood do you think Julie has or had? Probably type A, B negative. Look. Suppose what you think is going on is going on. Not only is there a murderer, who knows, but all the stuff that you've said and the cutoff phone call, he probably knows that you know. But doesn't that scare you? It scares the hell out of me. But you're not going to stop? No. Will you at least consider the possibility that you might be wrong? I have considered it. Maybe I'm making a fool of myself, but if I'm right, 
I'm gonna break the biggest story this place has ever seen. How about some good music? Get out of here, buddy. Just leave me alone. Was that your friend? Yeah, that was uh, Byron. He had a date or something. He couldn't stick around. You want to dance? Okay. You really believe in what you're doing, don't you? Why do it if you don't believe in it? You kidding? Look at these people. They get up in the morning. They go to classes. Put in their time, right? Most of them have no idea what they want to do with their lives. So you do have a serious side. Life's full of surprises. You mean you believe in something besides the BDB motto, booze, dope, and bimbos? Promise you won't burn me? Mm. Yeah. You're not gonna laugh? No. I believe. <laughs> what do you say we do something for? I know this great place out in the country. You can go have a picnic. What do you say? I think that sounds great. Honestly, what the fuck does she see in him? Nobody knows. Terribleness. That's all. Someone has hurt Tony before in her life. Someone has. She's just repeating that cycle of abuse. That's all I can think. That's it. All right. So it's the next day she visits the house. And the press is, is at this time dressing down as second in command pretty hard. Well, he talks to Tony. Uh, the second in command does. It sheds some light on the president in our next clip. I was going with a girl and she died. Died how? She was murdered. What? They were meeting on the sly because their old man hated Jeff's guts. It was driving him crazy, but he loved her and it was the only way. They used to meet at the science building. No one knew about it but me. One night, some maniac cut her all up. Jeff found her. It happened last year during rush week. He hasn't been the same since. I don't know who he is from one minute to the next. And he's getting worse. He goes on these midnight walks. Who was she? Her name was Laura. She was Dean Grail's daughter. Hey, Tony. Ready to go? Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bye. Hi. So what were you and Byron talking about? Oh, nothing. Just... Just small talk, you know. Yeah, well, I wouldn't believe a word he says. No. He's the biggest liar ever, man. Wow. What does she see in this fucking guy? I don't know, man. Just fucking... I mean, I'm not saying his friend is a good person, but man, just shit talking to death. (laughs) I mean, he may not be wrong, but that's supposed to be your friend, dude. Yeah, you're supposed to fucking... I mean, I wouldn't talk about it like that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's... You know, just gotta watch out for him. He can be a little not so trustworthy. It doubly reflects bad upon you when you are bagging on the people that you hang out with and associate with and are supposed to be very close with. Yes, it does. (laughs) Until you say, like, I am tired of this fraternity to her and then start describing why. Um, All this shit talking really serves to do is make you look worse than you already do, man. Yeah, it's... uh... It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> it's just the the fucking worst. Um, so the actual horror in this horror movie is the horror of the misogyny of the Greek system. Yeah, yeah. 
So anyway, uh, that night as they're camping, she says she wants to know about Laura because she loves him and she cares about him. And he just says, fuck it, I want to leave. So they leave. Uh, that night, we see him reading files about murders about other ladies. Um, so this seems strange. Um, uh, another girl is doing pics with a body now. Uh, the guy pays her. Uh, she says she thinks she knows him, but he tells her to mind her own business. Was uh, this the uh, lady dressed sort of Native American like? Kinda, yeah, yeah. It's 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 definitely cultural appropriation, if you're asking. Okay, um, because she is th- as white as white can be. This sequence is uh, important to note because this very sequence, when she starts posing, uh, when they cut to that, um, that's right where um my description of the first time I watch this coming at the end of the review is gonna pick up and talk about yeah okay i'm gonna reference this point so remember that where the lady that's dressed sort of in the native american garb also posing with the corpse comes in right there gotcha. just cut to All that right. with that sequence uh and, and then also um this girl the thing that i want to note the other thing is that this girl is the one that he's been pursuing for a while and after and she says she's got something to do or whatever later on that she can't yeah. study you know and she's yeah. like is it a date and she won't answer well it's the same girl the cook has been sort of watching her and then somehow pursued her later yes yes yeah and definitely been watching her right and now she is actually going to pose for him for the money so this is the predatory cycle that this guy has working in and it makes it extremely uncomfortable to watch this movie it's real fucking gross (laughs) so yeah these are these are truth facts that you're saying here so uh it's a surprisingly rough film for how bloodless it is Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's violent and gross, but not gross as in um like blood gross. Gross as in how people act gross. Um. So anyway, after the photo shoot's done, she gets her money and she's leaving. And all of a sudden, she sees these detour signs that she can't like go through certain areas. She has to detour to other spots. So she's kind of thinks that's weird, but okay. Uh, so she goes to do this, and as she follows the science, it leads her into a, kind of like a lab room, and she is murdered. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. So someone is very specifically targeting these ladies who are posing for the guy being paid with the axe. This all yes. feels like a conspiracy sort of setup, and the photographer's in on it, but probably has no clue that all these ladies are turning up dead. Yeah, I, I can't think that he has an idea, or else he probably wouldn't be hanging out in this area still if he had any idea these ladies were actually being murdered. Yeah, it's pretty much um, if he knew that his models were turning up dead, it's going to be suspect on him considering how he has them posing. And yeah, yeah. he would definitely skip town. Um, also, he seems to just move on to the next girl, but it's implied pretty heavily that the MacGuffin girl was doing this photography stuff for a while. So was she? Not- not working with just that guy was it just so un- that she worked with that guy and that was her bad luck has she been doing other work similar to that yeah or? i never got the uh, feeling she was doing other work i think she needed some money and this was presented to her so she 
decided to take it. But with the amount of bills that has the axe on it, like, wasn't there at least four bills? So that implies she's done at least two sessions. They knew each other. He said her name. And, you know, yeah. she said, I'm not Maybe, doing this yeah. anymore, you know? And so it's implied that they've fought, they've shot together a couple of times. But then he moves on and it's a different girl every time. Was it because he knew Julie disappeared and he's just churning and burning at this point? It could be. Uh, but, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm just... I didn't really give that part much thought. But, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I'm just, I'm just curious because the film jumps all over the place and I don't think it really knows what it wants to do. I mean, it's still got moments that are definitely enjoyable, but like for a good portion of the film, you forget you're actually watching a horror film. Yeah, right. <laughs> you that, really that's fucking not do. a lie. Yeah. So we start the next 20 now. Tony's reviewing her Rush Week story in an apology pops up on her computer from the press. Um, Tony then is told she has to go get all the photos developed, and she's like, ah, shit, you mean I have to do that? That's uh, my turn this time? And they're like, yeah, bitch, it's your turn this time? She heads into the photo place, and uh, creepy lunch dude, photographer dude, he's uh, he's in there. He's uh, he's going to get some pictures as well. So uh, uh, she uh, he offers her a modeling job, uh, for, and he his money that he's paying for the photos with it's it has red axes on them, and he gives her his card. He recognizes the red axes pretty much yeah. right away. Yeah. Well, she finds his address, and uh, she sneaks into his house and finds pics of all the girls who are currently missing, um, all that kind of good stuff. So, I mean, she, you know, this is bad for, for him, at least. Anyway, as she's in there, he gets home, and she's putting pictures of the girls in her purse. Well, she drops her purse, and as she picks everything up, her ID is still on the ground. Well, as he's kind of undressed, she attacks him just so he couldn't see her and runs away. So, I mean, you know, not a full-on bad, you know, idea. Um, she she was able to get away. That's good. But he does find her ID there. She then meets with the dean, and that is our final clip. Possibility. Just the possibility that this blood stain was the result of something other than murder? An example. Uh, this student or the professor of anatomy uses a scalpel for a dissection. The scalpel slips, blood falls on the floor. Yes, but... Is it possible? It's possible, but the blood type matches Julianne's. I'm sorry to disappoint you. There's no murderer on our campus. Dean Grill. Wasn't your own daughter murdered here last year? Fortunately for all of us, that was an isolated incident. The killer, whoever he was, had his moment of madness. It hasn't been heard from since, thank God. What about these? Where'd you get these? Arnold Crangan's house. He's the cook at the students' cafeteria. Daniels, I underestimated you. Arnold Prangan has nothing to do with missing co-eds. He has been under investigation for this kind of activity. This afternoon, he was dismissed from his job. No one's even pressing charges? Pornography laws have been broken. But a scandal will serve no good purpose. By this evening, Arnold Krangen will be gone from the school, from this town, hopefully from this state. But people have a right to know. What if he is involved in Julie's disappearance? Trust me, he's not. 
It's the social influences we were talking about before. Arnold Crane is the worst example of that. He is a sick, perverted degenerate. The lives of these girls, and God knows who else, have been permanently scarred by those filthy photographs. Which is all the more reason to press charges, sir. That will be all, Miss Daniels. And it's not to be discussed beyond these walls, do you understand? Not verbally, certainly not in print. This college has gone through enough embarrassment. Is that clear? Is it clear? It's clear. This is insane. You're upset because there's no murderers on campus? No. Wake up. This is real life, not some stupid horror movie. All I know is that the key to the whole thing will be gone by tonight. What are you talking about? Arnold. He's the cook at the student's cafeteria, and he... He what? <sighs> Never mind. I told you not to get so wrapped up in all of this. It just all seemed to fit together, you know? I don't know why anyone won't believe me. Maybe there's nothing to believe. Maybe you're right. Look, why don't you take your mind off this and come to our party tonight? I don't know. It's a costume party, right? <laughs> what would I wear? You don't need to wear anything. Maybe we'll duck out early anyway. Oh, you can't duck out. Mm -mm. I mean, it's your fraternity. You gotta be there. That's something you and Byron talked about? Well, yeah. Yeah, he's your best friend, you know. He's just concerned about you. About 8 o'clock? Sounded real fucking gross, though, didn't it? Just, just something you and Byron talked about? Ugh, what an asshole. Yeah, he got real controlling and real jealous and real psycho real fast about all that. Yeah, 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 it's not it's not good stuff. <laughs> Ladies, know your worth. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anywho, uh, uh, getting ready for the party, uh, she finds out that her friend, uh, who helped her with the blood samples and everything, she's missing, and apparently she went to go, uh, take photos, in the, or she was missing, and apparently, uh, she was gonna go for a date, quote-unquote, in the science building. So, well, holy shit, that's not good. That's, uh, that's some, uh, that's some next-level shit right there. That is evidence uh, of foul play, as they like to say in the, uh, detecting game. In the old days. Anyway, uh, she calls the prez, the BD prez, but the friend answers, says he's not there, and, uh, she says to tell him to meet her at the science building. Then, uh, we see, uh, she, uh, calls the creep guy to set up a photo shoot, says, hey, you remember me, and I want to meet you there, and he goes, oh yeah, I remember you, and he's holding her ID. So, I mean, that's, uh, probably not good. Then, uh... Uh, then we see, we cut to the outside, and the president and some pledges are all in cloak carrying a fucking uh, coffin, and that actually, again, something to do with dead things. That leads now to the final 20 minutes. So, anything before we head into the home stretch here? Uh, just one quick thing. Uh, they're chanting BDB as they carry a coffin out of yes. a hearse that they pulled up in, and there's a lot of intercutting back and forth. It's kind of hard to follow. Matt, you skipped a few things, but not a big deal. Oh, what did I skip? What did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> when they're cutting back and forth with the yeah. hearse thing and all that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's no big. Uh, deal. It's no big deal. Like they they just pull up in a hearse. It's not like it's a yeah. huge plot I, I point or anything. It, yeah, yeah, it I didn't doesn't think even. It was anything to do with the 
the the plot. So no, uh, it uh, has absolutely nothing to do with the plot, but it is in fact a hearse that they're pulling up in, and they're setting up the uh, fright night, which you know our main dude who is supposed to be the love interest, but is also clearly a controlling, abusive piece of shit. Oh, giant piece of shit. Also does not care about this fraternity thing anymore, and it's supposed to be the big thing. And yeah. it was about a year ago that his then-girlfriend and Dean's daughter died around this time. Is that correct? That is very correct. Because it's been a year, and now they're allowed to pledge again. Yes. Yes. It's implied heavily that it was somehow during this party um, that uh, his the, the daughter was killed or, um, you know, because of this party or something along those lines. Who fucking knows? But that's kind of the what I've been picking up or at least sensing, you know, that has very something much to do with the dean's daughter's death. And it has very clearly triggered a string of homicides at this college. And we're kind of wondering at this point, is it the Dean or is it uh, Jeff, our main character's uh, would-be abuser? The friend or anybody, really. Which Jeff's friend? Yeah. The, the second in command we won't talk to anymore. Yeah, that guy has a thing for corpses and uh, clearly they, has a sick sense of humor thinking that having a lady climb on top of a corpse thinking she's having sex with her last client is funny. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a possibility, but right now we know it hinges around the Dean's daughter and it has to be those two primarily. Yeah, but the whole yeah. the whole fucking fraternity could be sus at this point because they're all a bunch of fucking psychopaths. Yes, they are all fucking horrendously bad. It's all it's all real fucking not good. All right, let's finish so her anyway, off. Yeah, let's finish her off. Final twenty. Uh, it's party time. Everyone's partying. One pledge. He's trapped in like this uh, old suit of armor. He can't move, and he's holding the axe. And he's told he has to guard the axe. That's his most important job. Uh, the president's walking around the party looking for Tony. And someone in an old person mask. And by the way, that's something I also missed. During the murder, the last murder, uh, we saw the actual killer's face. And he it was like in an old person type mask. Uh, also, one thing I want to go back and mention, the band playing this party, the guy that comes out dressed like Dracula and the whole Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface thing going on. Yeah. That was the Dickies. The Dickies. Yes. They're a pretty well-known punk band. Oh, nice. Yes. There you go. Um, they also did the theme song to Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Ah, nice. Well, then there's nothing wrong with them. Um, <laughs> yes. So that song, Booby Trap, was featured very prominently in the soundtrack. They also perform it. You actually watching them performing it on stage as they're, you know, singing it and everything. Uh, it's actually a pretty cool sequence. And it's the thing that I always remember and the thing that makes me forget all the bad things in Rush Week <laughs> is seeing the Dickies <laughs> performing in costume. Yeah. Well, uh, good good times have by all. Uh, so anyway, um, but then somebody else in now that same old man kind of makeup face thing, they're there and they're kind of around the party. Um, so uh, then uh, the press is told to go meet Tony at the science building. Uh, the old mask person goes upstairs. Well, the press is free to grabs the axe from the student and leaves. Tony calls the cops. Uh, but they think it's a prank. So then she calls the president, but told that he isn't there. He isn't, he isn't at home. He's not anywhere around there. In the building, uh, we see the creeper uh, is following Tony, but he is killed uh, as he's following her. Um, back at the fraternity, uh, they catch Old Face wrecking the president's room. Uh, they take off the mask, and we see it's the frat president from GAE. I uh, saying that, you know, I said I'd get him back 
So this th- that was his grand plan on how to get him back. He uh, barely, all the shit they did. He barely even trashed trash his room. room. He barely even trashed yeah. his room. My man, uh, there's a reason why this fraternity is beating you. <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on. Have some self-respect. Do something. I don't know. You were carrying I, a purse. You could have smuggled in a huge bag of shit. Yeah, like just drugs and get them busted by the cops for just having massive amounts of drugs in there. Just something. Wow. Well, I'm saying. I know you. Some pretty I, terrible stuff to him. I know you hate these guys, but wow. <laughs> just saying, man. They tried to feed someone a finger. That's not really cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Carry on. Let's finish this. <laughs> All right, all right. As Tony's friend was in the room, she's looking around all the stuff and sees all this stuff about all these girls who were murdered. So she gets freaked out, and she actually uses the computer to try to contact Tony. Um, Tony's hiding out. She hears people walking around, and she sees a message on one of the computers from her friends. She says that the president had all that shit and just to watch out for him because he could be bad news. Then we get some more cat and mouse chasing with Tony and an unseen person is chasing her. Uh, we just don't know quite who that is yet, but it is, you know, someone's definitely giving her chase. Um, <laughs> Interesting way to phrase that. Giving her chase. Uh, so then she's kind of hiding out and she knocks out a person uh, in a cloak with an axe, but it's the press. Then the real killer tries to get to her. Uh, so we see the president was not the killer. Um, 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 Delta um, red um, herring um. Delta. Yep. So as she runs, she runs. She's able to knock out. And we see uh, the mask gets torn off, and we see the killer is the Dean. He is doing all this to purify uh, everyone, all the girls who took all those dirty pictures. They, you know, were, you know, because pornography is the devil, I suppose. Um, Yeah, it's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Okay. So they fight. um, Then uh, the the, the Prez shows back up. He's, He's fine. Uh, they, they fight the Dean. Uh, they, they really want, uh, they're fighting him. They're fighting him. Uh, she, at one point, uh, she gets, uh, she stabs him. She's able to stab the Dean and, uh, um, uh, and they think uh, everything was all right. The Prez talks to her and he goes, yeah, I actually, he thought it was his friend. Uh, the, the other guy, she, uh, he goes, uh, everything kind of coincided. Cause you know, he's the only one who knew that those two met in the science room, uh, or in the the science building and so and then all his trips coincide with all these girls murders so he thought his friend that's why he was being so cold to him was the killer uh then the dean pops back up and he's trying to cut up the prez trying to cut up the prez but uh, uh tony's able to get a hold of the other axe and she cuts his head off uh, no she doesn't it, she tosses it to the prez oh the she prez. tosses it to the prez and the prez cuts the dean's heads off uh driving the misogyny uh, home even further she's supposed to be the final girl she should be the one doing this exactly um in fact she they even made it so she had trouble even trying to toss the axe yeah toss the, get to the axe. it's really uncomfortable yes yeah yeah after all this is said and done all the fraternity guys show up after the head rolls they're like holy shit what did you do then we cut to the new dean is thanking the president of the fraternity saying uh, you know as new dean thank you for all you've done for the school and he's like ah as he's getting into a cop car he's like oh man i don't know why everyone has such problem with these kids they're they're great boys and the two cops who are with him just kind of laugh and hardy har har we party some more Roll credits. 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about this film that is severely uncomfortable. And again, all I remember, because I'm a fan of the Dickies, is that the Dickies actually have a live performance in costume in it. And that's all I think about. <laughs> that's why I bought nice. the Blu-ray. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. And I haven't watched it in forever because my laser disc player broke. So I need, I need to get a hold of it. This is perfect. I'll buy the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff about this that's extremely uncomfortable. Now, having said that, I did enjoy the film and I took those parts for what they were supposed to be. And I'm seeing exactly how these fraternities probably would have acted in this time frame. And therefore, um, I don't think they're glamorizing it the way that they think they are. Uh, through modern eyes, uh, they're showing the fraternity system for exactly what it is, but then also exposing an even bigger psychopathic murderer. Yeah. If you look yeah, at it yeah. through the lens of a just basic, basic heel program, and then uh, someone who is perpetuating some kind of a cycle of abuse, clearly as Tony is, for falling in love with that guy, for being as psychotic and erratic and abusive and controlling as he is. I mean, if you can, if you can just kind of accept that that's what you're watching is, you know, like basically a snapshot of the morals of that time and how fucked they were, then yeah, you're going to enjoy the film. Oh yeah, this uh, this is definitely a heel program. Uh, it's a heel program, and uh, but just saying, people uh, when they first watched this probably thought, "Wow, oh, man, fraternities look awesome." Which my which I can join a fraternity like that, and you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's definitely something that uh, really context changes on it. And the rest of the world is caught up to something that makes the lifestyle that this film is uh, trying to portray extremely hard to watch. But at the same time, it makes for a great fucking horror movie. It's just that the things that horrify me may not have been what they intended. Yeah, right. Uh, you thought maybe it'd be something totally different. <laughs> the actual horror elements that we're going to talk about, the actual like slasher mystery, who's the killer things are really good. They're just spread out way too fucking far between with all of this bullshit in the fraternity that is so fucking dated and so fucking uncomfortable. And yeah. it's, if you only pay attention to that stuff and you just think about that stuff in your head, that's a really good fucking movie. And it's actually kind of fun to watch and it works with the corny fraternity shit. And you could just really tailor back just the severe assholeness of, of these guys and just stick with some of their pranks you know yeah yeah no i get you and you're you're completely right yeah <sighs> so uh if you can let go of a lot of the shit and just realize the 80s were a hell of a time to be a, a marginalized person um you you can maybe get into something here uh but that that's definitely got to be you know that's that can be rough <laughs> yeah and if you don't see any of the issues that we see in this film and you don't understand what it is that we're trying to bring about congratulations you are in a very safe bubble that very few people ever get to experience yeah right you you got to you get to live a live a nice little life there you know if you're like wow i, I didn't see any issues with any of this stuff what's uh, it like to never have okay. to be afraid right like ever yeah yeah what's like, that like or, what's that? or worry about or, anything or, or worry about maybe somebody you care about being different maybe you're not one of the people who is different but you're 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 definitely you love someone who is different than what society calls the norm you know what i mean yeah so you have to worry about them then like that which sucks because you hate society eventually you become somebody who's not a big fan of it anymore yeah it definitely perpetuates a lot of things uh that were wrong with the 80s certainly uh there's a lot of interesting things that are in the film that are entertaining and worth watching the slasher stuff kind of works the whodunit murder mystery stuff works the reporting and intriguing and her investigating that stuff actually kind of works for me that's the kind of stuff that i remember and keeps me coming back to this but yeah the uh blatant homophobia and misogyny was uh, kind of hard to to get through in certain 
parts. But um, I was luckily able to suspend that feeling because I accepted the fact that in the 80s, this is just what it was like and felt terrible for everyone who had to live through it. And that's how I viewed the film. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. That's probably the best way to put it. I also want to say I, uh, uh, there's a huge agree with that. there's a huge necrophilia vein through this film. Like in the guys, the guy who does the photography place has something about uh, a necrophilia pin. I can't remember what the joke was um, off the top of my head. Um, I'd have to go back in and grab a screen grab and see. But uh, yeah. it was like some kind of uh, uh, necrophilia as a dead issue or something. You know, funny, supposedly funny like that. Yeah, something that's ah uh, okay. <laughs> right, but hardy har har har. But, but clearly, there's a necrophilia vein through this film, which is something that I'd never seen before until the time that I watched this film. Now, the laser disc that I got my hands on, as I said, is an X rental. The label on the laser disc is fucked. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it happened. Uh, the disc actually did play in my Laserdisc player, but the label on it is fucked. So the first time that I watched it, when, you know how Laserdiscs work? Have you ever heard? Is that, well, just, I, I've never heard. Okay. I've never used one. All right, all you young snappers out there, come gather around the fire with uh, your Uncle Court. Come, uh, Uncle Court's about ready to tell you something. All right, Matt, you might as well sit down and be comfortable too, okay? All right, I'm, I'm good. Okay, when Laserdisc technology came out, it's essentially the same stuff as what a CD is. So it's fit on a giant record, but it can only hold about a half a movie length per side. So every time you wanted to watch a Laserdisc, you either had to have a laser that automatically flipped over or was it like had a mirror flip or whatever that would automatically switch layers for you, or you would physically get up and switch the disc. Now, sometimes movies were more than two discs, so you had up to four sides that you had to flip. Case in point, True Lies Laserdisc is a nightmare to try and get through oh, it because of that okay so my laser disc of rush week is basically one side is like about an hour and then the second side starts right where the girl dressed in native american garb is posing nude with a corpse oh okay i put All the right. laser disc in in the wrong side the first time i watched it and watched the first half of it because i was super fucking hammered and was so were my roommates and we didn't realize what was going on because we were way too drunk other than we knew there was a girl posing with a corpse and before knowing what the ring was my friends and i thought we had a ring sort of situation oh, okay <laughs> with playing this laser disc so we watch it pretty much all the way to the end and then we're like what the fuck is going on this is also the first laser disc i've ever played in my life by the way Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Because I bought the Laserdisc at a fucking rental shop. It's a used Laserdisc player that you could actually rent to be able to rent the Laserdisc that they had available if you didn't have a Laserdisc player. <laughs> I bought like all of this off this old video rental store where they wanted to get rid of it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so I played the Laserdisc in the Laserdisc player and I didn't know what was what. And I flip it over and I figure it out. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So there's a side A and a side B. And I'm looking for the label and it's not there. I pull out my yeah. other ones and they're there. You can see see at least like you know it can tell you what label or whatever this one was either labeled and then it fell off or um it just never got labeled i ended up nice. i ended up marking the sides for myself oh my god <laughs> so the first time you i macgyvered ever, it yeah so the first time i ever watched this movie i watched from the very end up to you know like from that part where the ladies dress like a native american up to the very very end and then we went back yeah. and watched the beginning and watched it again so then when we came back around from where we were we were slightly less confused though we were twice as drunk <laughs> well i mean you know what at least you got twice as drunk 
Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a very young age court who purchased uh, Rush Week, and I can guarantee you it was a much more innocent court who probably thought a lot less about other people's struggles in life when he watched it. So I'm a lot more grown oh, yeah, up now, and this film that I have this wonderful mo- memory of watching on Laserdisc for the very first time as my very first Laserdisc, it doesn't quite um, make me feel less bummed out about the content. <laughs> But again, if you can get over that, it's still, it's a great movie, don't get me wrong. And Matt and I are probably harping on it way more than we should because we feel a little guilty and let's just fucking end that. Yes, let's just, we're done. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. booby trap by the dickies right there as heard in the film and and when i say as heard i mean taken right the fuck out of the film so everybody be cool nice yeah just be cool people there doesn't have to be anything bad here everyone can be cool it's taken right out of the film that we are reviewing so we are using it for reviewing purposes so everybody just cool your fucking jets already shut the fuck up and be fucking cool if you'd like to find other instances where matt and i were actually on sync in our humor that we were actually working together as one yes you can find the other one time that may have ever happened previously at <laughs> legion we're inside one another <laughs> the fuzzy fun times www.legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops 
You can also find us available on Instagram. And by us, I mean me because I run the Instagram like the show. Cinema underscore psyops. That is our main meme repository. Which is gram. Which is then (laughs) automatically shared to our Twitter feed where you can twit a couple of twats to a couple of twits because it is now a porn bot filled haven and that's the sort of Mm -hmm. tweets we like to be twatted at us. Those those are the good kind of tweets. The funny fuzz tweets. (laughs) Particularly the fuzzy fun tweets. I am at court underscore psyop there and he is the at psyop Matt. When we're lonely in the lonely dark times. (laughs) The lonely night times. We also share the memes to our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, where if you start posting fuzzy fun times, you're going to get fucking zucked. Yeah, you're going to get banned like a motherfucker. I am <laughs> and if Court- you posted them seven years ago, you get banned like a motherfucker. <laughs> I am Court Psyops there, and he is Matt Psyop, available basically for tagging purposes because he's got no time for your social media, nor does he have time for your emails. But if you really want to try, he is psyopsmatt at gmail.com, which at this point, you just need to give me the password and let's move on. Uh, you, you can actually... <laughs> get responses to your emails via feedback for court cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com I got nothing so everybody just kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch Sorry for that three-minute delay. I was updating yeah, Skype, and it took way longer than I thought it was going to. That's fine. Also, I've not made us much longer than three to five minutes late anytime I'm scheduling to record unless something bad happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, something's really got to go bad. <laughs> or I just have stomach issues. Yeah, like, uh, I just shit myself in my pants, so. All right, start recording on your side, because I wish I would have gotten that in your actual voice. <laughs> and we are recording. One, two, three. Can I now tell you a little story before I really get into this? Sure, go ahead. So I recognize the title because you have a picture up in the studio of what is probably the VHS VHS cover for Rush Week, which is the outside of the fraternity house and the main heroine kind of looking all scared and nervous and folding her arms, right? Yes, uh, I have the original Laserdisc. I think it's an X-Rental Laserdisc. That is actually a Laserdisc, ladies and gentlemen, that Uh, Matt is trying to find the name for. Sorry, Laser. I didn't know if it was like a VHS cover or or what was going on. Right, I didn't didn't unfold the VHS cover. That is the Laserdisc that you are seeing. The Laserdisc cover. That's correct. My my apologies. I have history with Rush Week that I'm going to keep until the very end of the review, so that's... Awesome. 
Let's go. All right. All right. So anyway, I was under the opinion because it's you. I thought that, wow, you know what? I bet that movie's about. I bet it's a girl besides the rest of sorority and it just fucking goes terrible. And they're fucking like psychotics and they put her through a bunch of shit. (laughs) It's probably like a torturous fucking movie. And I, so I see it. And I'm like, oh, I guess here we go. I'm gonna finally you know, get to see all this shit. And no, not at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> it's just a slasher flick. Well, it illustrates so perfectly how a movie box art can influence your thoughts on something, especially when displayed by someone yeah, like I myself. Mean, well, and it just reminds me of like all the times you're like, well, I wonder what this uh, movie's about. You know, when you would be in a video store uh, okay, and you bef- just try to judge it by a cover. Right. Okay. So let's, let, I'm looking right now. I just moved my microphone and we're going to, yeah. we're going to digress this a little bit more before we get into the review. We are really fucking edging them on this one, aren't we? Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. So in context of the other laser disc images that are on the same wall that Rush Week is on, below it is a film called Dragonfire, which is a cheesy martial arts flick. Above it is another film called Desert Kickboxer. Both of these are also X rental laser discs as far as I can tell desert kickboxer which from what i've seen of it is also a very cheesy fucking movie and directly above that is ninja turf ninja turf the title should tell you all 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 four of those laser discs are essentially a theme which when we do the review will start to come into play if you've seen ninja turf desert kickboxer and dragon fire and disagree with how cheesy i think they are um let's review the film together i guess and you can change my mind Uh, (laughs) and then directly above that is my Fastway lp gifted to me by a former geek chat army uh co-host of mine someone found it gave it to him and now it is mine it is the soundtrack to the original trick-or-treat movie oh yes the the one where ozzy's the priest and shit okay let's go ahead and do the review they're fucking done with us let's do the review we fucked up but i just wanted to go through that was a funny story where i would thought i was getting a certain movie i got a completely different fucking movie oh well that's i just this is all an outtake at this point it's way too fucking long so let's just go but listen, man, uh, sometimes I'll just sit around and listen to YouTube uh, uh, of Shyamalan and Ding Dong, all right? So that's just hardcore stuff right there. Hey, man, it's okay <laughs> to en- Greg Ullman. It's okay to enjoy it. All I'm saying is that band didn't exist nor did under that name. No, yeah, the it's movie. it. Yeah. That's it. All right, I let's move you. on. More fucking outtakes. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, man. You're just going crazy over here. Um, <laughs> We're clearly in no rush to cover Rush Week, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had something fearful happen to me. Um, oh. Tis the, tis the season. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, can you want to get uh, it? You, you, get... know, you know, here, hold on. Uh, you know the little uh, curtain that's hung up between my basement and the storage area? Yeah. It just fell. So, that was fun. <laughs> uh, hold on, because if anything turns on, it'll be loud enough that it'll catch on the show. Hold on one sec. Yeah, go ahead. We'll see if that works. If it doesn't, I'll have to do something here later. It's just the hooks losing its stickiness. So nothing paranormal or just <laughs> other shit. Uh, so where am I at here? That was that was my fault. I brought up a Mike Myers film you immediately right. had to quote. And especially with so I made a good one too. One of the good ones. Um, <laughs> There's so few of them. I know, right? And you get sad about it, but it, it is what it is. We're, we're fine. Everyone's fine. <laughs> we'll be um, okay, man. It's going to be fine. We're all going to be okay. We're going to get through this uh, uh, classy. Um, so anyway. <laughs> we liked movies when we were younger that we have to admit now are not very good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's about right. 
<laughs> I go through this every week on the show sometimes. Yeah, right. Listen, we got to watch Fletch, then had to remember that Chevy Chase was a complete and utter fuckface. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, it was. The horror. <laughs> yeah, I did say horror, not whore. Horror. Horror, so, not horror. sex worker. Yeah, yeah. Horror. So anyway. I try not to use that word unless yeah, it's that's in, a derogatory term for a sex worker. Right, unless it's like in play and I'm allowed to. Yeah, unless you're specifically told to, you know, call someone that. <laughs> right, unless <laughs> it's going to get the, invitation. Yeah, unless it's going to get a reaction out of them that they want, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, okay, I think we're all... We're all <laughs> We're, we're all comfortable here. Yeah, we're all uh, hip. So, um, always, we're all hip. We're all with it. Always, always <laughs> assume I'm saying horror. Horror. <laughs> right. Uh, we're fun. I just found so another anyway. T-shirt. Cinema PsyOps. Always assume I'm saying horror. <laughs> always assume I'm saying horror. <laughs> Cinema PsyOps. Everyone's hip by now, right? <laughs> we're all, everyone's hip, right? All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> Merchandising, where the real money from a podcast could be made. Merchandising. <laughs> we ain't selling shit. Hey, man, we're not selling shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, hold on. Fucking <laughs> right off the rails. So everybody just kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Fuck, man, we went over two hours for fucking rush week. We did pretty good on this one. Yeah, I think so, too. Jesus Christ. I didn't think we'd get two hours at a rush week, but... Are you still recording? Yeah, I'll turn it off. And I'm done.